hello. It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieved stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Louie Knight over Zoom video. You may recognize Louie from American Idol. He was on season 18 of American Idol, the one that uh, happened in the midst of COVID. And then he came back and did a comeback episode on the following season. But we learned about how Louis got into music. He was born in the UK, moved to Philly when he was 10 years old. He talked about getting a piano around 14. And that's when he immediately found love with music and songwriting. He talked about releasing his record, Small Victories, and how that eventually landed him on American Idol. He told us about how he was trying to build his social media and he was took advice from somebody and he was commenting on different people's posts which landed him in front of one of the producers for American Idol. She then went on to his page, loved what he was doing, and asked him to, to do the show. He talked about performing his own song on American Idol, a song called Change, which he wrote about uh, one of his friends taking his own life. We hear about his time on American Idol, how it ended up going from the live shows. He was in L.A. when the world shuts down, and he gets sent back home to Philly, and he's mailed all this stuff, iPhones and lighting, and he's got to get all this together to do his performances on American Idol. We hear all about that. Returning to Los Angeles the following season, where he performed another one of his original songs. And we hear all about his most recent release, a song called Burn This All Down. You can watch our interview with Louie on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Louie Knight. Hey, Louie, how's it going? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Thank you for having me. Of course, man. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Of course, of course. Anytime. Sweet. I'm Adam, and this podcast is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about the new music as well. Awesome. Yeah, nice to, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. So um, I did read you were born where in the UK <clears throat> when you moved to Philly at an early age, or was that kind of the story? Tell me about that. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no worries. I, um, yeah. So I kind of spent half my life growing up in the UK. And then when I was about 10 or 11, I moved to Philadelphia and I've kind of been there ever since. I think, you know, it's kind of, it's home now to me. And, mm -hmm. um, until six months ago, I, I recently moved to LA. Okay. Wow. Thank so you. growing up, yeah. Growing up in where you were in Britain, yeah, in um, I, I grew up in London and Brighton in, okay. in, in England, yeah. What was it like growing up there and like how different was it when you moved to, to Philly? <clears throat> it was definitely very different. I, um, I mean, it's, you know, I grew up surrounded by a massive family, you know, like mm -hmm. just dozens of cousins that you're kind of just with every weekend. Like it's very... Um, I've got a big family back back home in England, and um, I mean, it was definitely kind of weird. But we had we had moved around quite a bit in England. Um, mm -hmm. I'd moved to a couple different schools, so I think I was ready for a new start when when that move came, when the opportunity to move came about. My 
I was about 10, I think, and my dad had started a company in Philadelphia because he'd been laid off in England and he started a company um, in Philly and he was going two weeks for an entire year. He was going two weeks to Philly, two weeks back to Brighton. So it was kind of a lot. So then we yeah. went to visit Philly um, one, like the Easter of that year. I think it was maybe 2011 or something. And I kind of just convinced my mom. I was like, why don't we all just move here? Um, and kind of, you know, so dad doesn't have to be alone out here. <laughs> sure. so, um, and then like somehow one way or another, she kind of was convinced. And um, my whole family, we ended up moving over that summer. And it was definitely an adjustment, but I feel like I really grew into my own skin. I mean, I mm -hmm. guess we all do at that age, you know, that sure. like turning into the teenage years, like those are rough years, you know, mm -hmm. um, but I'm um, like middle school is not easy. It's <laughs> oh, the worst. My son Dude, is in, he's in middle school now. And I told him, wow. I'm like, this is the worst, the worst years of your life. <laughs> Literally, it doesn't honestly, I mean, life <laughs> is hard. Don't get me wrong, but middle school, that's like, that's a hard period of time. Oh yeah, I hope man, he's doing brutal. well. I hope he's. Yeah, I hope he's. Yeah, he's almost done with it, so we'll see. Good, good, <laughs> but good. yeah, it's brutal, man. It's brutal. Yeah, it really is. Do you have any siblings, like, or or are you the only child? I do. I have an older brother who's two years older than me, Max, and then a younger sister, Daisy, who's also two years younger than me. So I'm I'm the middle. Middle. Okay. So yeah. your whole family ended up uprooting to. To Philly, yeah. you were 10, you see your brother was what, going into high school or almost high school? So he, it was hard, way harder for him. You know, I went in, it's like, we literally got to Philly and moved in like two days before the start of sixth grade for oh, me. Wow. My brother was going into eighth grade. So it was kind of different for him, much harder because everyone had already established those friend groups. Right, yeah. Those people feet like years. Years, so he was yeah. Kind of I think he had a much harder time at first. Um, I was more lucky in that in that kind of way. Yeah, that you're coming into probably middle school, yeah. and everyone's kind of coming from different areas or different places when when it comes to middle school. But yeah, exactly. still, I mean, that's a big change going from you you know completely different country. It was. It really was, and I think. Yeah, a lot of people asking me to say Harry Potter, a lot of... Oh, man, of course. <laughs> a lot of that, but I, I enjoy the intent. Like, I, to be honest, like, I, I enjoyed the attention while it lasted. So it was, <laughs> it, 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 it was all good fun. It was all good fun. That's cool. When, how did you get into music? Musical house called at all? Um, so my dad was in, in, in a, like multiple bands throughout the years. He had a band in England called the Conga Brothers, which him and like him and his best mates, they, um, they kind of played around pubs in England. And, um, I, he had, I mean, he, he was, my dad was a drummer and kind of sang a bit, but mm -hmm. um, never really like professionally, professionally. Um, I mean, I'm not even necessarily professionally professional. You know, it's, it's such a weird thing in the music <laughs> industry. Debatable. What does that even mean? Um, right. But um, so I think like from a young age, my dad was always, you know, just like putting instruments in front of us. And, mm -hmm. you know, my first I started on the drums. I was awful. I, I still I've just started to have like a sense of rhythm. So like that never <laughs> panned out. Um, and then, you know, I, I I've been singing like I was apparently apparently I was humming like before I could even really talk. Um, mm -hmm. And I've been as cliche as it sounds, I've been singing my whole life. It's just the thing I've always loved to do and like naturally been drawn to. Um, but I started 
writing music when my mom got me a piano for Christmas off of like some like kind of old piano from Craigslist mm-hmm. that she got for Christmas when I was 14. Um, and I, I, I had tried to write when I was like seven and like, you know, I still have these little notepads, you know, those like really mini notepads. Um, I like, I still have some of these lyrics that I tried to write when I was like seven, but it doesn't make any sense, you know? It's but like, wow. I mean, to have the creative idea to write at seven years old, like try to write lyrics to a song. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Thank you. It was the most cheesy lines. It was like, you left me now. Like, it was like, I, I, I didn't even <laughs> know what I was writing seven. about, but it was like, you know, I was just, I've always been trying to write sad love songs. <laughs> that's <laughs> and, funny. Um, before I even knew anything about love and like, thank you. I, um, I think like when I, that was when I was 14 was when I really, you know, I, 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 I tried to learn the piano before and I took like three lessons. I could never get into it. You know, I'm too, I was too ADHD and like just couldn't really appreciate, you know, learning the music theory and kind of like appreciating that at that point. And when my mom got me the piano, I just learned like C, G, A, F, which is like every, the chords to every pop song ever made. <laughs> and, um, and most of my songs just in different keys. <laughs> and, um, and I had kind of just, that's kind of what I started on. And then I, and then I started writing to those melodies and wrote my, started really writing like the first songs when I was 14 and kind of just haven't stopped since and just been, it's all I'm really good at. Like I was never a good academic student. So um, it's kind of, this is, I, I like to think this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll see. I mean, I definitely <laughs> think so, but hopefully, you know, it keeps panning out. Sure. Wow. So you were in, in Philly then when you started playing piano, if you're 14. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you were writing songs pretty quickly after you started, you know, learning how to play. And then at that point, like, are you showing people your songs or are you, is it kind of like you're keeping these to yourself? I, at first I was keeping them to myself. I then like, I put out my, like my first, first EP when I was like, I think like a sophomore in high school or something like that. And I've stripped that down from all streaming services now. (laughs) I mean, it was like the cheesiest thing. And I, I like thought I needed to sing it, like sing in an American accent at that time, because that's, you know, that's what a lot of English artists do. You kind of like, you're like, where's the English accent? Um, so I was singing an American accent at first, and I just realized that was not working for me. So, so you so, try, you like were trying because I always thought like if you know people were just singing and they had a British accent or an accent, it just kind of didn't you know cut through. So you were like literally trying not to <laughs> sing with a British British yeah. accent. Like I was interesting because I thought I thought you know listening to you know One Direction and other English artists I, like a lot of them sing in American accents and mm-hmm. I honestly don't know why I don't know if it's just more you know more accessible like you know more just like just pe- like it does better I'm not sure but you know it wasn't until I started listening to Ed Sheeran and I was like why am I because he he's like one of the you know one of the most notable artists to from England who do sing in, in an English accent. And well, he's the biggest artist on the planet. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. Like literally he is the, if you look up Spotify, like the num- like he's the number one artist, like Actually, on, on Spotify. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Geez. I, I knew he was like a years ago, like, like last year I probably looked and I, that's the goal right there to have that little icon on my oh, Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, 
number in like in the world <laughs> but right, I, didn't yeah. I didn't realize he was number one now that's number insane. one in the world i think i i'm like I, I should just check right now but i remember looking like like two weeks ago oh i mean it, it's got to be then that's in, that's so wild yeah uh, how come i can't find it now or it's not even showing i'm on his page but he yeah, but he, I'm like 99% sure he's number one in the world, which oh, is, oh yeah, he is number one in the world, Ed Sheeran. Isn't, I mean, imagine what that, like, what that would be like. <laughs> I mean, seriously. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, I Same. can't even fathom. 80, he has 84 million monthly listeners. <laughs> that's, on, that's unbelievably insane. And you, you think, yeah. Okay, so well, he was a guy doing so not to go on an insurance tangent, but he was the one that was singing in a British more. accent, <laughs> and you were kind of like, well, okay, well, if he's doing it, I should try to do it. Yeah, I just kind of realized it didn't sound good, me like forcing out an American accent. So I then, you know, I I then I've released that EP in high school, and then I've been I was writing my, you know, all along, and it was kind of I just realized like this is what I want to do, and I was really lucky to have like um, I've have really supportive parents and mm -hmm. um I mean I don't even know what I'd be doing you know if it weren't for them like like helping me and, and believing in me but I they were supportive enough to let me not go to college when you know all my counterparts were all going to like colleges and um mm -hmm. I took a year then to to just write and record like my first debut real EP and I did that and then you know shortly afterwards I, I wrote and recorded and put that out and um, it started to get you know a little bit of traction like pr like pretty minimal but you know I was just I was starting my career and right. and then American Idol reached out to me and then kind of just turned into, it turned into not a gap year anymore yeah wow. I'm still trying not to go back to school so <laughs> wow okay so that first EP release were you is that that's when you were actually trying to sing in the American accent or did you decide not to do that even on that very not small victories but the one that you said scrubbed from the internet the one I scrubbed from the internet was I was singing on an like in, like in an American accent on that one okay that's the one that that's the one that is long gone <laughs> okay and then you just decided like i should try to to push this with not doing that and like was there like a validating moment that someone was like well this sounds really good like you know what are you doing differently you're like well i'm not trying to sing an American. like I, was there any of that interesting i don't i don't remember i think i just remember listening to it and i think maybe someone said you know that it kind of is cool if you don't um like maybe like I think maybe like some friends maybe said you should just embrace it but I honestly forget the exact moment I think just listening back to that first EP I was like what am I doing okay <laughs> I was like it just didn't feel it didn't feel authentic to me mm -hmm. um so I think I just kind of gradually through you know posting covers on Instagram you know doing that whole thing and then writing i just started trying it out and experimenting with it and mm -hmm. seeing what it sounded like in an english accent and kind of i just kind of began to really kind of just by doing it so much and doing open mics and things like that in philly i just kind of started to find 
find my my voice in in a sense um okay as yeah cheesy as that sounds no i mean it takes time right to find literally find yeah. your voice i mean i came from yeah. radio or have done radio for i did radio for a long long time oh. and just to become yourself like be you and like that's always what people say just be you and it's like that's like the hardest thing ever to find you and your voice yeah. and how you should sound instead of just trying to emulate or mimic other people that you look up to exactly that's such that must be really interesting too is like you know like rate doing radio because i mean that's like every you know you're live people are listening to you like like yeah but it's weird because you're just in a a room and no one's around and you don't really it's just like such a different pressure i mean you got to walk out on a stage you're on american idol right you're singing to millions of people and like a live television that's just such a different like for me like i that would be so terrifying it At least was. nobody knew what I looked like. <laughs> I, I couldn't do what you do either because I fumble on my words way too often. So, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it, it's it again. It's all about you know repetition. But yeah. okay, so I, I'm curious. I want to talk about the American Idol thing because it it obviously is a big big piece of your story. But so with Small Victories, you put that out, and that's what eventually drew the attention of American Idol. Like, kind of tell me how that worked. So I was. I'm probably going to go into a ramble here. But no, go for it. I, I was trying to grow my Instagram. And I, I really, this is kind of something to me that is kind of really special because it kind of just is a reminder that, you know, if, if you're putting in the work, you know, I kind of like to think of it as like a trail of breadcrumbs kind of thing. Like if you're, you know, if you're planting lots of just, just if you're like putting in the work, eventually you know some stones just randomly start to turn over and Mm -hmm. so i had like met with my one of my best friends older brothers who was like trying to do um like like i think he like a course he did in college was like social media analytics or something Mm -hmm. and i met with him i had like my like parents like he like like he's over age like like you know like my parents like bought him a bottle of like whiskey or something for like helping me out you know and and, um i brought it over to him and i um we like we sat down for an hour and he was kind of giving me tips on like you know trying to grow my engagement and grow my reach because at the time i had like i don't know six thousand followers on instagram from just doing like the follow follow thing oh right right follow and follow like i I don't even like i was i would just go to um like sean mendez and click the people that like follow him and then just follow them to see if they would you know like my music and in, yeah you right yeah and, and I, I, I was trying to do that and then I, I basically one of the tips this um like my great friend now told me was he said go like find other like upcoming people like aspiring singer songwriters comment on like engage on their posts um and then their fans might you know engage back to you so i was doing that and i comment i don't even know the girl i need to thank her one day like i don't even know who she was i commented on her page like oh i lo- like this is really beautiful um you know please check out my stuff a casting producer for american idol was shay wilbur who's like a great friend of mine now she was looking at this girl for america and then looked at my saw my comment randomly clicked my profile was in it was in- interested like and and found my music on Spotify and then was like DM me it and I thought it was like fake. I was like, right. Oh I've my got gosh. some some random person DMing me saying like, would I like to audition for American Idol? And I was like, this can't be real. Like, <laughs> I was like, what? Like, I, I showed my manager at the time and I was like, this is like fake, right? And it was just, it was weird. It was it was very strange. And 
I, it kind of is inspiring thinking about it because you never know that, you know, if you're putting in those steps to just grow and, you know, eventually mm-hmm. some things do just kind of happen, um, you know, when you're putting that work in there. So that's incredible. I've heard, um, I've heard the story of people getting DM'd on, on about shows like that before, but I've also heard a lot of people, like if I just listen to podcasts about, you know, how to grow your engagement and like all these social media tactics, that's always been one that's kind of come up is, is the fact that you should go and find, you know, similar people or similar, you know, like for you aspiring songwriters and you're going in there and you're like, Hey, like check myself out. Like, do you feel like that was really working for you? I mean, aside from getting the gig with American Idol, that obviously panned out, but like the rest yeah. of it was that, was that working? I, I've just heard that before and I've never actually talked to somebody that's tried to do that. Interesting. Yeah. Honestly, it was, I mean, it's a very slow build. I mean, mm-hmm. some like it was not, you know, it's weird. Like at, at now I look at social media growth very differently because, which is like honestly unhealthy because I've watched <laughs> my Instagram account yeah, blow boom. up from, from, you know, television exposure, relatively yeah, yeah. small and like, and, and to now national television, like seeing those numbers, it's kind of created a bit of an unhealthy, <laughs> <laughs> like an unhealthy thing because now i'm like it's not good enough you know but um <laughs> right. but but it was it was a slow build and it was working like very slowly you know a couple like a couple follows a day you I mean, know, that's cool that's... That. i mean that's that's growth like that's yeah. growing um which is really really cool um it was yeah it's 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 a slow build i definitely after everything started kicking off with american idol i definitely relaxed on that front i didn't do that as much um, well, sure. Yeah, you probably didn't. It probably didn't have to. I mean, obviously, well, you want to focus mainly on the show. And, I kind and, of and, couldn't focus show. on anything else. Like the anxiety alone <laughs> of like doing that was like, like it was very, you know, it was. I had to kind of dedicate a lot of, you know, most of my time to get, get you know, preparing and stuff. So yeah, for sure. So okay, so you get this DM, and obviously, you're you like, you know, this can't be real. Like, what do I do? Um, I interviewed somebody. I think it was Katie Bell. She was on American Idol. I think similar situation where she got. Sounds really familiar. I don't know what year it was, but she same thing. But she said she got a DM from like it was like user blah 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 blah, and there's like no post, like no like profile picture or anything. Like it was just like, and it was like some account that ended up being through American Idol. But it sounds like yours is like more legit. (laughs) Yeah, mine was. That's wild. I would have like. I probably. I would have just deleted would have, like, it. Overlooked that and deleted right. it, and like, and yeah, wow. I mean, good for her for following up with <laughs> yeah, that account. That's what like, I, said. I, I mean, what a you know missed opportunity that would have been. Like, I I remember, yeah, I basically got a DM, and my manager kind of my manager at the time, my old manager, kind of sussed it out, and she happened to be from Philadelphia. Um, her dad was also a musician. And then I remember we we chatted on the phone and then we ended up when she was in town next in Philly visiting her family. Um, I think it was, you know, for like a, for a Jewish holiday, she, we got coffee. We met at Starbucks and she's like the loveliest person. Come come to flash forward to like Hollywood week. Like she helped me very much when I was like losing my mind with the mm-hmm. sleep deprivation and all that kind of stuff. But um, wow. But yeah, so that was, and I, I wasn't sure at first if I wanted to do the show, which sounds crazy now, but I was, you know, 
I had all my eggs in, in the basket of, you know, I'm going to start, I'm, I, like I was putting a band together, I was going to start gigging up and down the East Coast, hopefully, and I just put out this EP, and I was so worried about if that, if it was going to pigeonhole me as, you know, like a karaoke singer. Um, right, or they kind of have some people, they kind of get stuck with that American Idol, like, stigma, right? I mean, yeah, yeah I could see is, that. It's, it's super weird, because it's such a double-edged sword, because, I mean, it, I mean, in, in reality, it's not because the exposure and everything is just amazing and the experience let alone, but it is that kind of weird. You have to think about that. And I was, but then I found out they were going to let me sing my original song, which was like, that's crazy. This is, this already was pretty much a once in a lifetime opportunity. And then this just got even bigger. Like this was an, ins an opportunity that I would have to be such an idiot to pass up on. Um, and then, you know, they were letting me tell the story of change, my song that I wrote about like suicide prevention and like mm -hmm. going through the loss of one of my brother and I's friends. And um, yeah, it was just, it was such an amazing experience. And just overall, like, I mean, it's changed my life, so. Sure, I mean, the fact that you, I mean, the song's incredible and I know mm -hmm. it was about a very, yeah, difficult topic. And, um, but the fact that you went on TV and did a song of your own, like talk about like being bold, cause if likelihood of advancing with the original song is so much like, like smaller because if it's going off votes and people a lot of its song choice like i'll watch american idol i mean years ago i remember this guy was really good and then he did like in the middle of the show halfway through he did like a ryan adams song and i'm like ryan adams is cool and the song he did was cool but 90% of America is going to be like, what the hell are you like? What song is this? Like, wouldn't yeah. you pick a hit that like, yeah. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like some of the time and they already used to talk about this on the show is like the judges would be like, oh, that's not the right song choice because yeah. a lot of it has to do with that. But the fact that you're like, I'm just going to do an original, like whatever. So, so much of it is. And I, you know what? It's weird because I never thought about it like that in the moment. I was just like, this is all I know how to do. I'm not in college this is what I'm trying to make my career. Mm -hmm. If this, you know, if I'm going to do American Idol, if I'm going to go on this, like it, it has to be like, it has to be like, I have to be able to do an original at some point, mm -hmm. um, which I don't know if that sounds like I had some sort of privileged mentality, but I was no, just like, it's... I was just like, I have to do, I have, this is who I am. I need to, you know, go forward on my own, you know, like if it doesn't do well, I want that to be on my own merit, not because mm -hmm. not because, you know, for any other reason of song choice or anything. Like this is me, this is you know, I had that pressure. Everyone was in college and I was trying to kind of prove my like you know, I had parents that like kind of like, Oh, you're doing music, like what are you doing? Like <laughs> right. you'll probably be back in like, you know, thinking like, What the heck is this kid doing? Like and why are his parents letting him do this? Right. And um you know, I kind of just I kind of didn't even think about it. Like it, to me, it had to be or like one of my songs. Um, that was the selling point. And like a friend, a friend of mine said, um, a really close family friend who like, you know, moved to America with almost nothing to, and like is now like a film director, um, mm -hmm. like, t like TV shows and stuff. She, um, she like babysat me when I was a kid. She got on the phone with me when I was in like, you know, deciding if I was going to do Idol or not. And she was like, sometimes you, it's like rock climbing. You have to go sideways to, you know, go upwards, which was like an interesting, like, it's, wow, that's a great it's perspective. An interesting meta it's an interesting yeah. metaphor because that was like the deciding factor. And I was like, true, like nothing is a concrete set path where you don't know 
what doors are gonna, you know, like sometimes you have to pivot to in order to go further um, down, you know, like your career. So um, yeah, I just kind of realized I had to, and and that was kind of that. Well, I think what separates you from people on the show is that you are a songwriter, right? I mean, people, you, yeah. if you can sing really well, and your family's like, "Oh, you're a great singer! Like you should be on American Night. Like, yeah, I should. Like, I'm gonna go down and I, I do. I kill it at karaoke night, and you know, I love get doing covers on my YouTube channel. Like, that's a totally different person that also does well at American Idol. Yeah, I mean, all the power. Like, you know, that's it's an amazing thing that people do that. I um, mm -hmm. but thank you. But like, I, that's like you coming from a totally different mindset. Is like, I'm a songwriter. I'm here because you know why not like it's a massive platform people you can get like real you know feedback if people are going to care they're going to care if they're not then obviously i know that then There's i gotta a big go back to the, people then i gotta right? go back to the chalkboard you know right like, right I, yeah. right i mean i thought it's bold it was it, it was a great i mean i i think that's so awesome that you did thank that thank you so much adam i appreciate it yeah so you do i mean obviously with the song and and everything and you you do it and you advance far both times you yeah. came back on the show the second the next season didn't you so i and you like did it during was, covid i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was that was insane that was um i don't know how when you get to hollywood week it's pretty and like it's pretty insane because you're just surrounded by the most talented people you've ever met in your entire life and mm -hmm. i kind of got very much like a bit of like imposter syndrome i was like what am i doing here there are people that are singing acrobatics like around me you know it's like you know you have the r&b singers and the people mm -hmm. that just can do the most insane runs and you're just like i just forgot i could even sing so i honestly don't know how i kept going forward in the show i was just really lucky i was just trying to be me i think you know there's so much pressure in when you're on a TV show to think, you know, I need to try to be what I think the producers want me to be and things like that. And, um, I don't know. I just, I realized like, I just need to try to be me as most, like as best I can. And if it like, doesn't, I don't know, somehow I just, yeah, somehow I just kept going forward and, um, I was so fortunate about that. And yeah, I got to the top seven, um, which we ended up going into the pandemic. So that was just wild. And, yeah, because it goes from like what live stuff to now you've got to produce <clears throat> what your house or something like that. Yeah, so it was all pre-taped up to that. Like we'd got to the like we just got to LA to start rehearsing for the live shows, and mm -hmm. then like two weeks into being in LA, state by state started shutting down, and then we didn't know if the season was going to be canceled because like they sent us all home and they were like we mm -hmm. don't know what we're going to do right now like we'll let you know in a couple weeks and they kind of made like two filler episodes for two weeks i think and um then they kind of just told us okay we're sending you three iphones like a giant audio rig to like record you like record your vocals and um and it was insane like it and then and they sent us three ring lights so we kind of basically became our own like producers and we so, I learned a lot about television production so you had three iphones what did you set them like around you like so you could kind of play like dude okay. it was <laughs> walk me through it this was like, i've got a tiny little ring light right here uh -huh. um it was it they were these gigantic ring lights you know like 
we were on Zoom like we are right now, mm -hmm. I would be standing on an X. My old manager would be, the, the iPhones would be in the ring lights. We'd be lining up shots, holding the computer up to what the phone camera was looking at, like through the ring light to the producers, working out each angle on with oh. the lighting department. They would send us like Philips, like, 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 like lighting controllable light bulbs like <laughs> they were like okay move that light in the corner there and it was like in it was just they sent us like stuff for set design like they sent me cushions they sent me because like you know the first song i did was in my bedroom you uh, know like they, they sent all, they sent like strip neon lights like we had to set up all this stuff ourselves and then let alone we had an audio rig I don't even know what, like, I'm pretty, I like to think I'm pretty well versed in like engineering, sound engineering vernacular a little bit, just through yeah. recording a lot. But I don't even know what this thing was. Like <laughs> it was like an audio generator. It literally took sound from their like broadcasting station that they were using for this was in like, I think like Kansas city it was like the one place that was like, the one broadcasting station at the time that had stayed open through the pandemic or something. So it had a line, it had a feed going from Kansas, from wherever we were, you know, it was 21 of us. Yeah. Like from all over the country, a broadcasting feed going from wherever we were to Kansas City and then back to LA. And like, we did it all through that. It was like, that was where, you know, that was the, the feed from the cameras. It was just all, insane very long hour days mm -hmm. um but you know we got to got to find the silver lining we got to learn a lot about tv production yeah which is cool. and they found a way to you know keep the season going which we didn't even know if they were going to be able to do that at first. that's so, that's cool i mean that special. sounds crazy yeah. i mean you get to learn all of that right i mean they're like that's doesn't surprise me but i i would have never guessed that you would have had to have like their lighting department on like the zoom and like their producers to make sure that the angles look good. It makes sense, but it's one of those things. Like I wouldn't have imagined that that it, they took it that I far, know. but they have to, right. I mean, it's they a major, it's a major show, major network. Um, yeah, it was, it was really, I mean, I guess it was, it was, we were all feeling quite optimistic and just going with the flow mm -hmm. <clears throat> at that point, because, you know, we were all in the abyss of the unknown. <laughs> Sure. And sure. like, you know, like the whole world. And we were just, I think we were all just figuring out one step at a time. And we were just grateful that they were, you know, finding a way to keep it going. I think they were the first reality TV show to come back on air oh. in the pandemic. Okay. So we kind of all felt like we were a part of this, you know, this like, groundbreaking cool thing. Yeah, like pioneering this little thing. That's yeah, cool. So, yeah. Wow. Did you have to like... I, oh, I guess the, the producers would be on with you before you did your piece, right? Because they'd be making sure the angles all look good and everything. Yeah, we did like, like you couldn't like, just be in your room with like your bed unmade and like, you know, laundry on the floor. Like, w were you able I had to, to have make that? it? I had to make oh, it. Oh, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't let you. <laughs> you they wouldn't let no, you down your room like a trash. Exactly. Like, we had to, <laughs> you know, it was like, what's in the background? What's in the. Oh, like, I guess, yeah, copyrighted stuff. And, oh, like I had. Like any photos I had up in my room that were like someone else's piece of art, mm -hmm. we had to get in touch with them and clear it, um, I bet, right? Clear it. We had to clear everything. And it was so cool because there was this, this is really random, but 
there's this artist who's like, I mean, he's he's kind of underground a little bit. Like, um, his name's Dylan Owen. He's kind of like a rapper slash like spoken poet dude who mm-hmm. I had been really inspired by in middle school. And like, he'd like helped me get through middle school listening to his music. And I'd been to like one show, met him at like a basement show in like North Philadelphia, which is like sketch. <laughs> but... Um, <clears throat> but I love North Philly, but it's a little sketch sometimes. And um, this dude, like, who I'd been a big fan of growing up, I like, I had a signed poster of him in the background that said "Keep Writing," which That's rad. I then like had to. I got to reach out to him and talk to him and tell him, "Hey, I'm using this. Like, I, I think this might be in this background shot. It didn't end up being in this shot, but like." I got to like, I, you know, I had to reach out to all these people and then get him to like clear it and stuff, which was really cool because I mean, my, um, like my, my, like, like Brighton football club in England, the, mm-hmm. like my, like my football team, they, um, yeah. I had to clear, I had a football shirt, a signed football shirt in the background as well, which I had to clear. And then I ended up, you know, from like the OG, like one of my favorite ever players, they sent me when I got to the live shows, they sent me a video from two of the players like saying, I think it was three players like wishing me good luck and saying, you know, Brighton supporting you. That's Which so was cool. Just like it was, and that all came from they found out about it because the the sh- like we had to get clearance from them because my shirt, like my Brighton shirt, was in the background. It was just yeah. that's so rad. Wow, it was, it was really special. Yeah. I knew that. I knew television had to do that. Like. um certain shows like if they go on look like reality type shows if they go somewhere and they're filming like in someone's house or whatever they have to bring like a lot of the time the the production company will bring art that they already had cleared and hang it you know on the wall so they don't have to like go through those processes it's like they know that this painting that you know has been cleared for five years so they they can just bring it along with them (laughs) it's it's wild like they random like family childhood photos they were like who took this and it would be like a distant relative who we haven't spoken to in years or something like that and we would have to reach out to them and get them to sign a release oh it was like everything every single possible thing it, there were so many release forms. I was like, emailing to people. You know, it was. They're like, should I just rip all this crap off my wall? Or yeah, I was like, uh, yeah. It was literally. It definitely got to that point at like at some point. So. Oh man, that's crazy. But then you ended up going what back uh, for the next season after that? Is that what I saw? So they invited me. Technically, I think once you get to the live shows, you're not allowed to go back on the show. Oh. Like, ever again. Oh but, really? I think I, thought, like, I, f- once, I figured somebody has done that. Maybe not. I don't. I, guess not. I don't know if it's live shows or like if it's the top ten. You're not mm-hmm. ever allowed back on the show after you get to the top ten. But they um that's usually their policy. But because we didn't get that live experience on the on the live stage, like on the idol stage. Um, oh, they let you they, do a comeback thing. They did a comeback episode where they invited ten of us back to perform, and. You know, I wasn't sure if I was going to do it at first because I was, you know, I spent the last year of the pandemic, you know, trying to kind of continue to redefine me as not Louis from American Idol. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, as an artist and push with that. And they they came back with the opportunity again to do an original song. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is coming a second time round. This one's yeah, like, yeah. opportunity. So I was I went and I and I was so grateful. I, I, I did my um. 
I guess like my second to last single that I put out over a year ago now and I sang that song they let me and yeah it was um I didn't like make it through that comeback episode but I didn't really I just kind of just being able to go go back and do my original song again was just it was amazing like I I kind of wasn't planning on you know going forward I just kind of wanted that yeah, get the platform. I mean, get the opportunity to play the song. I, why not, right? Okay, and, yeah, I'll come back for sure. It. Let me do my own song. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, I got to do, um, you know, we became, you all become a family when you're on that show. You're going through the craziest schedule and highs and lows mm-hmm. together, which is the contestants, but then also the crew and like the producers. So it was just really special to all be back together again because you really, you know, you form really strong relationships with all these people. You're like practically, you're not like living with the crew, but you're living with your co-contestants and you're with the crew day in, day out. Mm -hmm. So it was so nice to be, you know, be able to, you know, give it, give everyone a big hug and kind of be like, you know, I've missed you, you know, because we, we all just split ways halfway, you know, when we were getting ready for the live shows and we never, we spent every day on Zoom with each other, but we didn't, (laughs) you know, we didn't actually get to really have a proper goodbye. We didn't really get to see anyone again. So uh-huh. that was really nice to be able to see everyone. That's awesome. That is so awesome. Yeah. And uh, I want well, now I want to talk to you about your new song, Burn This All Down. I love the video. I want to make one comment on the video you did where you said it started like this and you're in your room and you're singing. Yeah. You you have, <laughs> this is so random. You have a uh, a lamp in the background. And it looks like the big Pixar lamp. It's like a gray lamp. Oh, true. I have that lamp. You have it? You <laughs> yeah, have the exact the lamp? One. Yeah. I'm going to ask my mom where it's from. I don't... <laughs> it's from Ikea, I think. I thought, okay, I thought it was Ikea. That's sick. That's and it's sick. funny because we, we recently moved to, to, to Nashville and it's in nice. my son's room. And I was like, that's so like random. There's just, so that was one weird. random thing that's that I so saw. Sick. <laughs> that's, like, you should just tell him like, that's, that's your lamp. He, <laughs> you see this? He's in this video. This guy <laughs> borrowed your lamp. Yeah, um, I did borrow it. <laughs> that's wild. I haven't even, I didn't even realize it was in the shot. I guess it is in the side, <laughs> it isn't is. it? It's on the side. That's, yeah, that's the only reason why I know. That's wild. That's sick. That I'm was glad the you brought I that up. I was like, <laughs> I have that lamp. <laughs> that shows IKEA. Like, can we get a sponsorship going between the two exactly, of us? Exactly. You know? Exactly. Let's get him on the line. Let's get uh, him but, on the line. <laughs> well, tell me about the song, and then I'll, and I love that video that you made too. So I want to talk Thank to you about you. that. Um, the song is about you know through the pandemic. It was just kind of weird, you know. I'd spent so much time on American Idol talking about you know suicide prevention and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and it was. I think it, you know, I had so many people messaging me after the, the audition aired and they were like, you know, I'm struggling. And it, it was, I think, you know, it was like, I'm feeling suicidal. And so like hundreds and not even maybe even thousands of messages, you know, people reaching out to me, which was lovely. And I'm. But what think, a weight, I'm sure too, right? It, it kind of, it kind of did become kind of a weight for me. And I didn't really, yeah, it just kind of became a little bit, draining just constantly talking about it and stuff which Mm -hmm. i think you know i've figured better ways to kind of talk about it now and i'm more used to it but at the time it was just this whirlwind and you know i then started you know having you know going through the show i ended up you know i was dealing with my own anxiety and 
then going into the pandemic, we all kind of went into this thing called, you know, post-idle depression, as we call it. And sure. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I went through a period of time during the pandemic where I really kind of lost myself for a while. And I was kind of, you know, going through a bit of a depression and <clears throat> dealing with anxiety. And I, you know, I stopped writing for quite a while because I had this weird kind of mentality that every song I had to write had to be this massive emotional release like change was, you know, writing mm-hmm. change was help me process all those feelings. I mean, not all of them, but a lot of the a feelings lot. about my friend's passing. And I kind of, you know, I kind of just assert that was my best, biggest song so far that had done like, you know, the most like, um, like, pr- like, you know, pr- performed the best at, at mm-hmm. that point. And I, I kind of just thought every song I had to write had to be that level of, you know, a emotional release and, um, just it had to be like that. So every time I sat down to write, I was just setting myself up for failure. I honestly, like, it's crazy. It sounds like I felt washed up at like 20, you know, it was like mm-hmm. really weird and not healthy. And I hated everything I wrote. I didn't think it was good enough. And I just kind of got in this really bit weird headspace where I felt like I was losing my relationship with songwriting. And I felt, you know, very out of touch with myself going through, you know, depression for the first time properly and i um that's what this song's about this song i wrote this song about um well i I wrote this song about a couple weeks into moving to la with one of my good friends francisco martin and then later on with help from another you know another idol alum um yeah hike but we we were just hanging out at Francisco's house, you know, like kicking. He's back such a cool night. guy. I've interviewed him a couple times. Oh, you actually, have for this, yeah, for no. this podcast. He's a great dude. Oh, that's sick. I, I I didn't know that. Yeah, he's he's a great guy. And um, we he just started playing the guitar randomly one night, playing some chords, and I just started like just randomly freestyling, just <laughs> and all these pent up feelings of everything I'd been dealing with that I hadn't been getting out, you know, cause songwriting's, you know, always been that outlet for me. And all of a sudden I was having a hard time, you know, getting anything out. Mm-hmm. Um, it all just, all these pent up feelings of kind of just dealing with what I was going through and the frustration of trying to find myself again, just all just came out and then the song came to life. And um, that's what it's about. It's about me trying to find myself when I was feeling lost with my career and trying to navigate the music industry and, you know, just my own mental health and just, you know, the, you know, the battle that comes with that. Um, Mm -hmm. That was kind of, that's what the song's about. In the, in the video that we were talking about with the, with the lamp, you're in, was that, is that your bedroom? And like, was that vocal cut in your bedroom like that? So the vocal wasn't cut in my bedroom. The vocal, I cut the vocal in Francisco's bedroom. Was that his bedroom or was that your bedroom? So the one in the video, the video was, I went back to my house. I went back to Philadelphia to film oh, okay. the video because my um, long time, I, I, I was trying to convince my, you know, I, my, my really great friend, Danny Gavert, who's a filmmaker and director. He, um, he filmed my first ever music video from that first EP that I scrubbed. Oh, okay. You know, wow. I, it was, it was my first ever music video he had just quit his marketing job to, you know, start trying to become a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Flash forward now, you know, we both have careers and he's doing amazing stuff. And I'd been trying to, you know, see if I could get him to do the video for me and like, like do it with me. And 
it was he eventually you know he was like yeah you know I'd love to I really love the song and it was so cool to be able to collaborate with him again I mean he filmed my Just Kiss Me music video which is another I think oh, it was the okay. first single off of my Small Victories EP mm-hmm. um, so he's someone I've worked with over the last couple of years and it was really special to be able to go back to Philly and work with him and we filmed that in my dining room in in my parents house in Philly and yeah the video was I mean we kind of knew there had to be fire in it somehow <laughs> sure the song name is a given right. but we were like okay how do we do this without burning a house down how how like how like how do we do this safely how do we do this without a hundred grand budget right like having like an on-site fire to, like department and you know all this kind of stuff um and we found a vineyard in in PA, um, like a, it's a winery, which is you know really really beautiful place, and they let us use their field. And wow! Like one of their open fields, and we we thought you know the biggest metaphor could be. I, I didn't know if it was cheesy at the time, but you know what? What if we burn a piano? Is is is? I don't know if I'm using this term correctly, but as sacrilegious as that felt. You know, it's like, this is like the thing that I love. Why am I like burning this burning right it, now? Right, like, it right. felt like a sin to be like <laughs> burning this instrument that is like beautiful. But, um, you know, I found one on Facebook Marketplace and I thought, you know, Muse, this is about my, you know, struggle with finding myself, my relationship with songwriting. Um, it makes the most sense to, you know, what if we burn a piano? And that was kind of, we just kind of rolled with that idea. Um mm-hmm of kind of me just being like frustrated and like you know drag this piano into a field and just light it on fire <laughs> and it was it as always working with danny um it turned out really really well mm-hmm. i mean he's just so so bloody good at what he does so um that was really special to work with him and then yeah it, it was really fun to come home that's, to do that too yeah yeah that's rad the video is awesome man and you have a what a whole ep coming out or a record a little later this year i do so i i have the second single of my upcoming ep coming out in um in about a month from now mm-hmm. and i think i've just like just got the final mix for that today i just sent off the final mix notes like an hour Amazing. ago okay. um, so i'm really excited about that and then about a month after that probably is going to be so in about yeah like two months the ep is going to be coming out and yeah it feels like the most artistic kind of experimental authentic to me music like like the most authentic music i've made so far and um the most kind of experimental in terms of pushing my boundaries with production and things like that mm-hmm. while also keeping you know keeping the core of it you know organic because i think that's my goal is to i mean it's all subjective but my goal is to try to make timeless music that mm-hmm. people are going to want to listen to in 30 years from now or you know songs that stand the test of time you know that's always something that i've been really you know those are the songs that I've always been drawn to the most, the ones that feel really real. And that's what my goal is. So I, I kind of production wise, I, you know, I write on the piano, I write on the guitar in my head, the core of any song has to really, for the most part, be organic. And then, you know, I can kind of dress it around with some, you know, electronic elements and things Mm -hmm. like that, 
you know, whatever serves the song the best. But I think if it can be on the piano or, or like, you know, just one instrument and you can play it and it sounds good still, that kind of shows that, you know, you, you're onto a good song. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of where most of the production is. But it's also, you know, I've pushed a lot of boundaries in, in kind of experimenting too. So when uh, you said that, you know, you weren't able to, you didn't feel like you could really like write a song. You're kind of in like this writer's block uh, before you wrote Burn It All Down. And like, once you wrote that song with Francisco, like, did it kind of open up the floodgates to continue to write? Like how, like from Burn This All Down, were you like, okay, we got that one out. Like now my, you know, I kind of cleared that, that block and did everything else kind of come pretty quickly after that? It did. I, um, you know, some of the songs I'd already written, um, like, I mean, I think like I wrote within the like year a little bit, but it was like some of the songs are old songs from the, like on this new EP. And then, and then, mm-hmm. I mean, most of them are new that I've written in the last six months. Okay. Um, but but yeah, it, it definitely opened the floodgates more. It kind of helped me process that whole kind of, you know, mental block thing that I was kind of going through. But it kind of just made me also realize that I'm going to have different emotional attachments to different songs. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Um, you know, I realized like I had to redefine my relationship with songwriting as, inter- as like weird as that may sound. Um, you know, it had always been this therapy for me. And I had to realize that sometimes it's not always going to be like that. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, I'm trying to make this my profession. I'm going to, you know, some songs are going to help me emotionally and have a more emotional impact on people than others. And um, that's okay. As long as I'm writing, you know, I'm not going to be in love with everything I write and that's okay. As long as I keep doing it. And Mm -hmm. um, it kind of just helped me realize that. And just that I need to just always be writing, you know, that's when I'm my happiest and, you know, that it's okay that sometimes there are going to be times where I, feel like I can't it's like you know there are going to be times where I have writer's block where I you know don't like things that I'm writing but um as long as I just stay the course and keep working on it or throw myself into some songwriting sessions you know to get inspired by working with like friends of mine I think you know I'm going to be okay hopefully so I think that's a weird psychological thing that I'm sure a lot of writers feel is you know what if I wake up one day and I can't write a song again, or I can't mm-hmm. write, you know, for an author, you know, what if I can't write one day? And it's, you know, cause it's that weird thing that's just in here. That's like in your brain, that's this inspiration that comes and, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's a weird thing, but I, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be writing for the rest of my life. So that's, I, I don't think I, I know. So. so yeah, I know, I know <laughs> I will. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what, what it made me realize. Sorry, I'm rambling. No, no, no. I love that. And I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for doing this, Louis. I have one more. I appreciate it. Yeah. I have one more quick question. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yes. Um, I think, you know, is just be yourself. Like really just try to find who you are. I mean, I'm, you know, we're all constantly trying to figure ourselves out and, and find ourselves and that always evolves, but just be you try to be like as genuine as you can be and um just just write what you feel and what what inspires you and you know don't be discouraged because the world that we live in now with tiktok and labels and things like that it does not come easy and you know it's 
we all kind of think, oh, a viral, we have to go viral and stuff like that. And it's just, no, it's a slow build. You know, there have been so many days where I'm like, you know, can I really do this? Can I make this a career? You know, I'm never going to give up. But there, you know, it's very easy to be down on yourself sometimes when things aren't moving as, you know, as quickly as you hope them to. And, you know, it feels like you're just kind of, you know, the first six months I was in, the first couple months I was in LA before I found new management up until recently, you know, I felt part of my term, like, like, um, term of speech. I don't know how you guys are on swearing on this podcast. Oh, you can swear as much. You do whatever you want. Cool. I felt like I was just eating shit for like months, <laughs> uh, you know, as a struggling artist. And mm-hmm. um, just just don't give up because anything is possible. You know, I was just, you know, making TikToks, not, you know, annoyed at my engagement. You know, it's very, it can be very disheartening at the moment within the current world of social media and that instant gratification. But just stay the course, believe in yourself, and anything is possible.